What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from our nation's capital. How do we reopen this economy? The latest on how this pandemic is impacting farmers. What does this do for the United States relationship with China? Bloomberg Sound Off. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. We're responding to this crisis and manufacturers are stepping up like never before. We're looking at 70 candidates for different vaccines. How do we make sure a pandemic of this scale never happens again? This is Bloomberg Sound Off with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Kamala Harris. It's Senator Kamala Harris. Joe Biden, the Democratic presumptive nominee, has selected Senator Kamala Harris, the Democrat from California, as his running mate, betting that her ties to the Senate, to the African-American community, and her self-branding as a progressive prosecutor are going to help propel him to the White House. Of course, we have every angle covered, the policy, the politics, the personalities, and an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at how this pick went down. We just learned about it, folks, just within this last half hour. Uh, So we are going to get to our team of all-star reporters and all-star analysts in uh, in, in order to cover every single angle. Plus, we are actually still awaiting reaction from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue as I get that reaction from President Trump from the president's re-election campaign we're going to bring that to you as well again we have every angle covered Democratic presumptive nominee for President Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris a Democrat from California as his running mate uh, Jeannie Zeno is a Bloomberg politics contributor as well as an Iona College professor she joins us as does my colleague uh, Josh Wingrove uh, Bloomberg White House reporter Josh how will Republicans react? How will the president react? And do we have any reaction from the White House with regards to this selection? We have no reaction yet. We have no reaction from the White House or the campaign. I mean, clearly they're going to try to paint both Harris and Biden as either overly sympathetic of or stooges of the further left of the party, that's going to be a tricky one. You know, it's funny, you rewind, you know, several months, and one of the knocks on Harris is that she had a, you know, pretty tough record as a prosecutor that maybe wasn't the mood of the moment in the Democratic Party, right? We saw this playing a lot during, uh, during, during her own time in the race. Uh, and now, you know, with, uh, of course, uh, 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 Vice, Vice President Pence was in Arizona today accepting an endorsement uh, from police officers. You know, this is sort of a key theme, of course, the, of the, the events of the last several months. Uh, now they seem to be almost leaning into what had been seen as a weakness within Democratic circles with, with, with Kamala Harris, uh, which is like, look, Biden is picking this, you know, essentially prosecutor, this sort of uh, maybe even embracing something of a, if not a tough on crime, you know, sympathetic to law enforcement type image to try to blunt those attacks. So, I, 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 you know, I mean, Trump has never been afraid to zig when people zag, but we'll see. But I, I, she, there are certainly other candidates other than her that it would have been easier to pin, you know, leftist as a label on. Uh, that, that, that would be not impossible by any means, but maybe a little tougher with Kamala Harris. Josh Winger, stay on the line. He is Bloomberg's White House reporter. And and Senator Kamala Harris, she is known as an aggressive campaigner. She's known as someone uh, in in the uh, upper chamber and and in Washington, D.C., inside of the Beltway, as someone who truly loves to campaign. Now, clearly, from a political standpoint, and that's what we're going to focus on right now, from a political standpoint, she is going to be contrasted against Vice President Mike Pence. They will have to have a vice presidential debate. Uh, They, of course, will uh, both, uh, uh, well, she will obviously say that she is ready should she have to be the commander-in-chief should that that, uh, instance uh, occur. But from a political standpoint, you really couldn't select two more different politicians. Vice President Mike Pence versus Senator Kamala Harris on the economy on social issues, 
on uh, uh, on to some extent foreign policy, though we don't know that much about Senator Harris's foreign policy worldviews. And that's why I want to bring in Jeannie Zeno, a Bloomberg uh, political contributor. And Jeannie, thank you for for joining me. But from a political standpoint, there, there really isn't two more individual, individually different politicians than Senator Kamala Harris and, of course, uh, Vice President Mike Pence. Yeah, absolutely. And you just picked through some of the many aspects. It is both substantive in terms of the, what we know of their policies, and they both have records, um, in, in fairly long records, and then also stylistically the way they campaign, um, and also their backstory, which I think is really important to remember. Um, and so you put all of those things together, and you're talking about people from, you know, wildly two different walks of life that come across on the, on the campaign trail in very different ways, and I think this debate is going to be all that much more fascinating, and of course we've seen both of them debate, and we know about Kamala Harris that she is an excellent debater, and she's very good at bringing personal stories to the forefront and making them relevant to the issues that she's talking about in the debate, and of course Mike Pence, he, he's a, a, a good debater as well, he's proven himself there, but very different stylistically. So beyond that, uh, uh, Jeannie, to follow up with you, and Josh, stay with us uh, on the line. Beyond that, I mean, here th- she brings to the ticket uh, a, a, a historic element. I mean, she graduated from Howard University. Uh, she, uh, it, of course, would be the first uh, female vice president. She is a, a minority as well. Uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi just releasing a uh, a statement uh, within the last uh, couple of minutes in which she said, uh, calling her a, a, a historic uh, pick and in a statement, she said, quote, as a United States senator, as a California attorney general and in every leadership position she has held, Kamala Harris has advanced a more just and fair future for all rooted in strong values and her proud American story. Vice President Harris will be a tireless champion for hardworking families everywhere. So that's coming from the Speaker of the House. I mean, when she arrived, Jeannie, on Capitol Hill, uh, and she is the junior senator several years ago, there was certain senators have that uh, political future factor, so to speak. Marco Rubio had it. uh, uh, Barack Obama had it when he was a senator. uh, And and she definitely had it as well. And so uh, for now, from a generational standpoint, she becomes the connector to a new generation of Democratic establishment. Does she not? She absolutely does. And I think, you know, for many of us, the first time outside of California, that is, the first time we really took a lot of notice of her outside of the state was in terms of her interactions with then-President Obama, who seemed to see that very sort of energy and charisma and future in, in this young senator and sort of brought her along to the forefront. And, of course, she became senator from California and very, very quickly, some thought a little too quickly, decided to run for president and, of course, made a splash in her campaign. It didn't sustain, but she certainly rose to the top of the polls, at least at one point in the campaign following that debate that we all remember. And I think, you know, you mentioned something very important in terms of a new generation, because something very important in this pick was age. And at 55, she is, you know, a a new generation. And I think one of the things that Joe Biden really wants to do is to appeal to young people and energize the Democratic base. I don't know if we know yet if Kamala Harris is going to be able to do that, but I think there is some hope that this VP pick will energize that base, which the, which the Vice President Biden sees as critical to him pulling this out as we get into November. Uh, Jeannie Zeno, uh, right there outlining the differences the in, in terms of uh, the presumptive nominee, but also, of course, between Senator Harris and President Trump. Josh Wingrove covers all things Bloomberg White House for us. He is the Bloomberg White House reporter. We just got a statement, Josh, uh, from did, yeah. from the statement. What do we know from the president's reelection campaign? What are they saying about this pick? Well, it hit some of the notes that we talked about earlier. They say that uh, they, they think Biden will try to bury her record as a prosecutor and that she is proof that Joe Biden is an empty shell being filled with a leftist agenda. So a bit of a tough one to follow. Either 
she's got a record as a prosecutor. This is a hard-hitting <laughs> statement. I mean, Josh, and I've got it right in front of me, and I know you've got a phone in one hand, and, and I'm, I'm asking you to, for the statement. So I'll, But let, let's pick this statement apart here, because just within a half hour after this uh, is released, or after uh, Biden announces Harris as the pick, this is the statement from the president's re-election campaign. Quote, not long ago, Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist and asked for an apology she never received. Clearly, phony Kamala will abandon her own morals as well as try to bury her record as a prosecutor in order to appease the anti-police extremists controlling the Democratic Party. Uh, he, it's a blistering statement, and he, it's two paragraphs. And then this is from Katrina Pearson, a senior advisor to the president's reelection campaign efforts. Um, she goes on to say uh, that uh, she is proof that Joe Biden is an empty shell being filled with the extreme agenda of the radicals on the left. Josh, wow, so yeah. much for the days of, of both sides <laughs> not or giving, yeah. giving the other side their, their, uh, their news cycle. Yeah, exactly. And they also refer to her as a political living will, uh, which, I, you know, obviously is a nod at the notion that the Vice President Biden's selection of his own running and his own potential vice president has a you know particular dynamic given his age. You know, there's not necessarily a guarantee of how long he'll want to serve, uh, I guess. So anyway, I think I think that they are going to go you know, paint with a broad brush like they were with Joe Biden, who not many voters believe is a radical leftist, but they've tried to portray as at least beholden to the left flank of the Democratic Party. I think we'll see them doing the same thing with Kamala Harris. Um, you know, the Biden, uh, the, excuse me, the Trump campaign, recall, it was at least nominally trying to boost its share of black uh, votes, uh, or at least reduce the margin by which they're losing black votes. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to watch them try to navigate that dynamic now that, now that Joe Biden has put a woman of color on the ticket. And meanwhile, just within the last 60 seconds, I've got I've got Twitter up, up and the president has tweeted out uh, uh, just a video of uh, what is an attack ad um, for uh, for uh, against uh, Senator Harris um, paid for by uh, his reelection effort okay folks uh, both genie zeno have been both genie zeno and josh wingriff have been so excellent in terms of this breaking news again if you're just joining us uh, joe biden has selected kamala harris senator kamala harris as his running mate i want to give each of you uh just uh, the the final word and take your time here but as we begin to unpackage this one of the threads that has emerged uh is uh, uh, former vice president biden's who, mind you, knows what it takes to be... I mean, he was vice president. So he, he has a different kind of perspective, really, in terms of what it would take to, to choose one. I mean, that's got, when you think of it that way, he's done the job. So, I mean, that's kind of... They all had to go through this interview process with someone who's been in the shoes for eight years. Um, but one of the... One of the, the personality elements that has emerged here is that Senator Harris was, in fact, friends with uh, Joe Biden's late son, Beau, and the two of them were attorney generals of their respective states. Um, and when Harris endorsed Joe Biden last March, she said, quote, I can tell you that Beau inherited his strength of character, selfless courage and commitment to public service from his father, Joe. Um, and in tweets just within the last hour, um, Biden has noted the friendship between uh, Senator Harris and his late son, Beau. And he tweeted uh, just within the last half hour, quote, back when Kamala was attorney general, she worked closely with Beau. I watched as they took on the big banks, lifted up working people and protected women and kids from abuse. I was proud then and I'm proud now to have her as my partner in this campaign. So there you have it. I mean, there, there's the personality element of this. But Jeannie Zeno, final words. Uh, give us your final analysis. Well, I, I was just looking, Kevin, at that same video you were talking about that the president has posted on his Twitter feed. Um, and I think, you know, my view of this video and the attack that you were just talking about that has been put out in the last few minutes from the Trump campaign is it sort of feels like they had the script in place. Whoever is going to be picked, we're going to plug in as, you know, some kind of left-leaning candidate, you know, in this AOC Sanders Warren vein, and we're just going to plug the picture in. And I'm 
not so sure it's going to work in the case of Kamala Harris. I mean, it just doesn't fit her biography. If anything, you have people in the Democratic Party who are concerned, as Josh was talking about, about her record as attorney general, the fact that she went too far in terms of her work as a prosecutor. So the attack from Trump, I think, is going to be really hard, or the campaign is really a tough one to to make stick on somebody like Kamala Harris, number one. And then number two, you know, we know historically these picks don't change a lot of votes, but they do tell voters a little bit about the person who made them. And, you know, I think from my point of view, at least, this was a very solid pick on Joe Biden's part. It was sober. It was, you know, he took his time in doing it. She is a, you know, she is an accomplished woman, and she does bring to the table so many elements that the campaign was looking for. So if you think about it in the context of do no harm and pick somebody who has the ability to serve at a moment's notice, I think he has done the right thing. And I think that's going to, you know, keep Joe Biden in good stead with voters. So I do think, you know, for those two reasons, it's been a strong day for the Biden team in this respect. Jeannie Zeno, and just to follow up on that point, and Josh, stay with us. Uh, Jeannie Zeno, to follow up on that point, just on the policy, and we're going to dive into the policy of this throughout the next uh, uh hour plus uh, as we continue to cover this breaking story of Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris as his running mate. I mean, she really had positioned herself but as as a as a bridge between the far left of the party and the more centrist. And at times, from a policy standpoint, it was quite it was a, a quite tricky political tightrope uh, for for any politician to walk. I think back to during the Democratic presidential primary uh, on the issue of health care. And when she uh, went and Medicare for all, because remember, it was in January of 2019 when she said that she supported eliminating the private insurance to achieve Medicare for all. And then during the primary, she backed away from that position, the Bernie Sanders bill uh, that she had actually co-sponsored and she released her own plan that backed away from that so at times she's been more in favor of some progressive policies and at others uh has not so to that point Jeannie, i think medicare and healthcare, uh in particular as a broader issue is going to uh, really come to the forefront as well right yeah yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, you know, she, this is somebody that does have a record that we can all talk about. And to yep. your point, she was criticized sort of for flip-flopping, for lack of a better term. I don't know if it's appropriate to say that, but flip-flopping on that issue of health care, as you mentioned, during the campaign. And again, it has been the people on the progressive wing who have thought at times of Kamala Harris, she is not progressive enough for where the party is headed. To me, that is very much in keeping with somebody Biden is more naturally aligned with. And I think for that reason, it works for Biden. But again, I think the attacks from the Trump campaign to try to paint her as somebody far left in the progressive wing, very, very tough to land those punches on somebody like Kamala Harris. All right, Jeannie Zeno, I appreciate you uh, coming on to lend us your insights on this. Jeannie Zeno, of course, is a Bloomberg politics contributor and an Iona College professor. Uh, Josh Wingrove has been holding on for us. Josh uh, is, of course, a Bloomberg White House reporter. I I just want to get more analysis and reporting from you, Josh, in terms of what we are hearing uh, from the White House, from your sources on the reelection campaign, uh, because already the statements that have come out have shown how they are going to try to characterize this pick. I mean, yeah, and Trump has said over the last day or two that no one votes the bottom of the ticket, so we might see them downplay the pick. I agree with what Jeannie said. You know, they're, they're clearly trying to just uh, use the same playbook. It would have been easier to use that playbook if Joe Biden had gone with someone like Elizabeth Warren. I mean, if you're painting Biden as a, you know, a, a, a tool of the progressive left, it's a lot easier to do when you have a more noted progressive on the bottom half of the ticket. Uh, yeah, I would, would just add one thing that we haven't really touched on is the regionality factor. You know, Trump and his campaign and those that worked it in 2016 have regularly pointed out that they think Hillary Clinton took the map for granted, didn't pay, play defense enough in states like Wisconsin and Michigan, that she thought she had a blue wall. She didn't. And that informed a lot of the people who made Biden's shortlist, people from the Midwest who could help retake that blue wall, retake those states that will deliver the presidency. I suppose the gamble, the gamble here is, you know, a senator from California doesn't really have that same regionality factor. And so Joe Biden is, uh, you know, foregoing the chance to try to pick someone, you know, from the region, 
be it Michigan, Wisconsin, what have you, uh, in the interest of Harris, who you know brings her own resume, of course. But I, I think that is worth noting. Surely that was weighing on the mind of them as they made this decision. But uh, one other thing is uh, Joe Biden has promised to put a black woman on the Supreme Court also. So he uh, is potentially... Uh, going to make two very significant uh, choices of women of color, uh, uh, if, if certainly now, today, and then if elected, uh, who knows how soon that will be until a Supreme Court vacancy opens up. Josh Wingrove, so many important points right there on the Supreme Court, uh, on the regional politics, so, so much. Josh Wingrove, a Bloomberg White House reporter, uh, very appreciative for your reporting, your time, and, of course, your analysis as well. Let's reset, folks. My name is Kevin Cirilli. I am the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio, and we are following the story of the day. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris, a Democrat from California as his running mate. We are unpacking the policies, the politics, and yes, the personalities driving this news cycle forward. And I'm thrilled to bring in two new guests to continue this conversation. Kevin Walling is a Democratic strategist at HG Creative Media and a Biden World Insider. And Rick Davis is a partner at Stone Court Capital. He is the former campaign manager for John McCain's 2008 presidential campaign and also a Bloomberg contributor. Rick, you know a thing or two about how these decisions get made. From your analysis, from your perspective, having been, having lived through doing these picks, uh, when uh, now the late Senator John McCain selected the Alaska Governor Sarah Palin as, as his running mate, you know the importance of this moment. So your reaction and take us behind the scenes. Yeah, look, I think that all of these boil down to two discrete options. One, you know, is uh, when John McCain picked Sarah Palin, he was behind by 15 points and needed something to boost the campaign and get him back in the game. And uh, and and in this case, uh, 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 Joe Biden is uh, comfortably ahead in almost every targeted state, and uh, and 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 most public polls showing him 10 points up, you know, on a national basis. So. I'm sure he he's breathing a sigh of relief these days because of those polls, but he wanted to pick someone who uh, was acceptable to the Democratic establishment but would give him a political edge in key states like Michigan and Wisconsin and Florida and places that he needs to win. And uh, in picking an African-American woman, and especially one who sort of reflects his brand of democratic ideology, uh, is, is, best I can tell, a good, safe pick for uh, Joe Biden. A good, safe pick. Kevin Walling, is this a good, safe pick? It absolutely is. I mean, I agree completely with Rick. You know, the, the job here is to do no harm out of the gate. Uh, I think it's a safe pick. I think it's a strong pick to Rick's point, uh, not just in terms of uh, demographically where it helps in states like Michigan and that blue wall that fell in 2016. It also helps demographically to fire up the base. Uh, you know, uh, obviously you had a lot of young people drifting towards Bernie Sanders, drifting towards Kamala Harris uh, in the lead up to the primaries. Uh, and to get those folks to get that base excited, I think is really important. Uh, and, and we're going to see that play out with Senator Harris for sure. And just to play out the next 24 hours, we are anticipating that uh, uh, the presumptive nominee, Joe Biden, and his running mate, Senator Harris, will make their first joint appearance at some type of fundraiser in the next 24 hours. From a media perspective, and the political nerd in me knows this, uh, typically the, the, the ticket will debut together in some type of weekend joint interview appearance. Uh, the last cycle, uh, it was uh, on 60 Minutes uh, for for now President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. But so for for this, I think, rollout, though, it begs the question, Rick Davis, I mean, and you're one of the architects of so many behind the scenes moments here. Here we are just a few days out uh, from the first virtual Democratic National Convention. And Yes, you know, to Kevin's point, as a as a Biden world insider, uh, part of what they're saying is that she would be able to electrify, mobilize, and excite the base of the party and tap into that excitement. But you got to do it through Zooms. You got to do it th- through Skypes. You got to do it through Facetimes. 
Is that going to be enough? And what challenges did the pandemic pose to this rollout from a political standpoint uh, in the pandemic? Rick? Well, I do think it, 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 it's tough, right? I mean, there's no question that campaigning in an era of COVID is a complexity that, thank God, I never had to face as a campaign manager. Um, <laughs> I love the big rallies where the two candidates are seen in public for the first time together on a stage with 25,000 people screaming. I mean, I just think that just bodes for energy and excitement. But there is something a little bit more personal about the fact that you can have a conversation uh, with these two candidates, see how they interact with each other off stage uh, in an environment like what you were describing, Kevin. I mean, in a uh, 60 Minutes interview, some long-form piece, um, you know, done by somebody who really wants to pull out the dynamic between the two and not just, um, you know, uh, spouting the party line, you know, uh, in a rally. So there is a disadvantage, obviously, to the excitement level. But uh, the American public is going to want to get to know her better, right? They, she never really made it deep into the primary field, so there wasn't that much education done. And if the campaign sticks to sort of the standards, they're going to want to educate the American public on who she is, how she fits into this ticket, how they uh, complement each other. And, uh, and the more, I think, that they sell her, uh, the more likely it is that voters will get excited about it. All right. Uh, Rick Davis, uh, he is, of course, a, a Bloomberg uh, contributor and also one of the uh, prominent uh, Republican strategists. He's a partner at Stonecourt Capital, former campaign manager for John McCain's 08 presidential campaign. I know you got to get back on Bloomberg TV, so I'm going to let you go. Kevin Stay, Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist uh, at HG Creative. Uh, media and, and and to Rick's point precisely and coming up, folks, we're going to dive into to Senator Harris's record. But uh, in in from from Rick's to Rick's point in terms of the politics of this, already we're getting reaction from the Trump campaign uh, in which they have tried to characterize him and her uh, on this particular pick and. So right now, a new statement coming from the Republican National Committee, quote, a hiding, diminished and incoherent Joe Biden didn't just select a vice presidential candidate. He chose the person who would actually be in charge the next four years if he is somehow able to win. Wow. I mean, they are really, really uh, going after this pick right now, Kevin Walling. And they have to. I mean, you know, I'm sure each of those tweets and statements were in the hopper, depending on who the Biden uh, campaign rolled out today. Uh, and we're certainly going to expect uh, those attacks to come. I think to Rick's point, and it's a very good one, uh, now is the point in which we introduce Senator Harris uh, to the American people. She uh, uh, kind of did not go as far as, as many folks hoped in that primary election. Uh, so she had some really strong debate performances. So I think what you'll see is uh, obviously some controlled environments with a Zoom rollout. You know, Kevin, uh, that I think the first thing scheduled, actually, in, in, in talking to uh, campaign folks. They've cleared the schedule for the, both the vice president and Senator Harris uh, for Thursday. I think their first joint appearance has been a build, uh, a fundraiser on Zoom uh, uh, in, in terms of also uh, a low dollar event, but then also a high dollar event with a clutch. You know, for example, are, are things that they talk about before an in-person event. Well, you'll have a personal connection with the vice president, with Senator Harris for, you know, $100,000 to meet directly with them as part of this rollout. Uh, So the campaign is going to use this uh, announcement uh, to the extent that they can in terms of fundraising, I think, in the next 24 hours. And then I think you'll see Senator Harris go on uh, uh, the the, um, various programs uh, like The View and others where you have a supportive audience baked in. Uh, She's performed really well on shows like that just, again, to reintroduce her to the American people as part of this rollout. Well, to that point, and we're going to reset in a couple minutes, but to that point, I mean, the, for political junkies like us, and I mean, it's, it's pre-COVID, so I mean, but pre-COVID, the moment that really that uh, that really jumps out at people, Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist at HG Creative Media, is that contrast from that first Democratic presidential debate. I mean, and that's the blistering bl- moment and one of the definitive moments on that debate stage. And, it, and it, quite yeah, honestly, it was. it's going to be fascinating to see because now she's going to uh, going to debate against Vice President Pence. But I mean, that is definitely going to be a question that any correspondent or reporter would ask them in their first joint appearance. Sure, I, I think that's right. And, and, you know, I mean, primaries are, are battles within a family, right? And 
you know, you and I are, are, are obviously political junkies. We, we uh, can look back to, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan picking George H.W. Bush as his running mate. George Bush called uh, the, the then governor's economic plan voodoo economics, ran really hard. There was nearly a fist fight in New Hampshire over a microphone, if you remember, during that primary. Uh, so those are heated affairs. I think the American people realize uh, that primaries, uh, you know, aren't beanbag. Politics ain't beanbag uh, and, and are intense. Uh, but again, I think, you know, to speak to the closeness, uh, I think, of the Harris family and her husband, Doug, and, and uh, Dr. Jill Biden, the former second lady, I think there's a close relationship there. Uh, and I think there's also, too, and it's been widely spoken about, uh, the relationship between Senator Harris, then Attorney General Harris, and, and Bo Biden, uh, the former vice president's son, when they were attorneys general together from Delaware oh, that's and California. That's important. That's where the personality comes in here, because in a tweet exactly. and, and announcing this uh, pick uh, and, and uh, uh, Joe Biden tweeted, quote, back when Kamala was attorney general, she worked closely with Bo. I watched as they took on the big banks, lifted up working people, protected women and kids from abuse. I was proud then and I'm proud now to have uh, her as my partner in this campaign. All right. Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist at uh, HG Creative Media. I know this is an incredibly busy afternoon for you, so I very much appreciate you making time for Bloomberg Radio's Sound On. Thank you. And now, just to reset, I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio. The big story tonight, Democratic presumptive presidential nominee Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris, the Democrat from California, as his running mate. We have every angle covered, the policies, the politics, and yes, even the personalities as we dive deep behind the scenes into every specific angle. Plus, fresh reaction tonight coming from President uh, coming from uh, President Trump and the president's re-election campaign. My name is Kevin Cirilli. I am the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. Now, this, of course, uh, is it comes at a time in which Biden leading in the polls. However, uh the, the president's reelection campaign already looking to define her uh, and in and in very clear terms, uh, calling her essentially someone who is not ready, really, uh, to take on this position. We have every angle covered the politics, the, the policies and, of course, the personalities behind the scenes. And we're joined now uh, by James Homan of The Washington Post. Uh, James, give us your reaction and what are you hearing from your sources tonight? Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash GreenFestival. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Yeah, Kevin, I, I think Joe Biden can usually be counted on to do the most kind of predictable, conventional and obvious thing. And that was picking Kamala Harris for several months. She's been considered the front runner by people who are close to Biden. She's the most obvious on paper. And Biden sort of made the obvious decision. And, you know, a lot of my Biden sources are texting me saying, told you so. That's what I've been saying for months. And uh, and it's true. She on paper you know, one of the problems that Hillary Clinton had in 2016 was that African-Americans did not turn out to vote for her in the suburb or in the cities of Detroit, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And uh, Biden is calculated. And I'm not sure it's true, but the calculus Biden is making is that she's going to help generate some African-American turnout and enthusiasm, uh, you know, in, in 2020. To your point about the Trump critique, you know, this is someone who got elected to the Senate the same day that Trump was elected president. She's only been there, you know, less than four years. Uh, you know, she's kind of uh, always been seen by many of her Senate colleagues as kind of a, um, you know, someone who's in a hurry to 
get to the the top. And uh, her presidential campaign was not well run. Uh, it was beset by leaks and dysfunction and management problems. And so one of the gambles that Biden is taking, Kevin, is that, you know, that Senator Harris is going to sort of get her act together for the general election in a way that she just wasn't able to during the primaries. It really is fascinating in terms of the politics of this. And, of course, Senator Kamala Harris would be a historic pick should she become uh, vice president. She would become the first female vice president. She is ob- she is a minority as well. Uh, and to your point in terms of the uh, political characterization, I have that statement from the president's reelection campaign. And in that statement, they say clearly, they say, quote, clearly phony Kamala will abandon her own morals as well as try to bury her record as a prosecutor in order to to appease the anti-police extremists controlling the Democrat Party, end quote. And, 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 you know, just from a stylistic perspective here, Vice President Pence appearing at uh, uh, a police rally uh, earlier today. Now let's dive into the policies because, you know, uh, there... I'm thinking of the debate stage, right? I mean, and, and, and on foreign yeah. policy in particular... On the issue of the Iran, of the Iran nuclear disarmament deal, the JCPOA, Senator Harris says has said that she would get back into that deal. Obviously, uh, the pre- the vice president and 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 President Trump say they've ripped up that deal. They think it's a bad deal. On the issue of China and intellectual property, uh, there are significant differences between how a Biden administration would work with China and how a Trump administration would work with China. The Biden campaign has argued, you know, unifying more allies and taking a less go it alone approach and strengthening global alliances. Uh, The president has argued that the unpredictability has allowed for them to put more pressure on Beijing. But Senator Harris, she did back a bill. She actually introduced a bill that would expand the U.S. government's ability to charge foreign actors who steal intellectual property. So, I mean, and I say this from a broader lens, but based upon my reporting, James, and I'm curious for yours, based upon my reporting on the issue with China, it's not like either administration is going to is going to just be easy on China. They're just taking very different strategies, correct? Yeah, Kevin, absolutely. That's totally correct. And the thing to understand about Senator Harris is you know, she's someone who throughout her political history has lacked a lot of deep core convictions. You know, it's, she's one of those, those kind of politicians who will, you know, say one thing before a police audience and she's a prosecutor and say another before a civil rights audience. And so there's, you know, that, that, that was one of her challenges in the primary was kind of trying to be all things to all people. And, you know, I think it's safe to assume that she's going to become simpatico with wherever Biden is. To your point about the debate, Obviously, there's a huge contrast between what Trump's vision is for the country and what Biden and Harris's vision is for the country. But I do think one of the things that made Harris a, a, a positive, you know, a positive in her direction was that she is a good debater. Obviously, she showed up Biden in that first Democratic debate, uh, you know, with that famous line, that little girl was me about school busing and segregation. If Biden was willing to look past that, and one of the reasons he was willing to look past that according to people in the Biden world, is that he wants someone who can go toe-to-toe uh, with Pence in the debates. Biden very much wants to win this election, and he thinks that Harris is, gonna, is going to help. My friend James Homan is on the line. He's a national political correspondent for The Washington Post and the author of The Daily 202. One of the, the to, to your point regarding policy uh, and, and the primary, is this issue of health care and uh, her original support of uh, uh, Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan, and then she released her own plan during the primary. What do we know about how health care will play in this general election and, and her position on it? So what the Democrats want to do, Kevin, is to make health care just a referendum on Trump. You know, the, the president wants to be party to this lawsuit that would get rid of the Affordable Care Act in its entirety. The president saying last, last Friday and reiterating yesterday that he'll sign an executive order requiring insurers to cover people with pre-existing conditions. You know, that's because that issue was so potent for Democrats in the 2018 midterm elections. You know, Kamala Harris has been all over the place on health care, and it hurt her pretty badly in the primaries. I think she's going to kind of end up where Biden is, which is to say, you know, a Medicare for all who want it, uh, kind of a public option plus, uh, where it, it's a They'll call for expanding Obamacare, but not having Medicare for all and universal health care. And the goal of the Democrats politically for the next 90 days 
is to project, you know, that this is about do you like Obamacare or not, and not about kind of once again redoing health care. And I think you'll see her sort of fall in line with where Biden's position is, again, because she doesn't have a lot of, of positions that are sort of super deeply held in, in her own volition. All right, James, stay with us. Are you drinking as much coffee as I am right now? James, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. I lost count. You know, I've like, I tried to cut back on the coffee. It's just not happening. National pre-COVID, right? National political correspondent for the Washington Post and author of The Daily 202. He's going to stick around. Al Mater is about to join us, a Democratic strategist. I definitely want to get his input. Uh, he is a Democratic strategist and partner at Brownstein High at Farber and Shrek. I'm going to stay too. Uh, I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and for Bloomberg Radio. Big news! If you're a political junkie, you know, you don't get the rallies, you don't get the confetti, you just get you just get the Zooms, the Skypes, right? Virtual. We're going virtual. Right here on Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. It's a breaking news kind of day. My name is Kevin Cirilli. I'm the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio. Thank you for listening to us uh, on this breaking news day because presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris, the junior senator from California, as his running mate. Now, over the next day, they're anticipated to hold their first type of joint appearance. And, of course, next week is the Democratic National convention virtual virtual folks uh so i guess you would typically the way these things go behind the scenes in the media world is they'll have a joint interview of sorts uh sometime this weekend on one of the shows uh maybe like a cbs 60 minutes type of type of show but we don't know so we'll we'll bring you that obviously as we get it, we're covering every angle. We dove into the politics and uh, the, the politics and the policies, some foreign policy on domestic policy, on healthcare, her record and, and whatnot, and what she brings to the ticket. But I want to bring into this conversation Al Mater. He is a Democratic strategist and par- partner at Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, and Shrek. And, and still with me is James Homan, national political correspondent for The Washington Post and author of The Daily 202. Uh, Al, we're we're still anticipating that we're going to hear from President Trump this hour uh, at the White House on a daily coronavirus task force briefing. Obviously, the, everybody wants reaction on uh, his reaction to, to Senator Harris. But, you know, I, I'm curious from a political standpoint, Al, take us behind the scenes on what both sides are doing tonight and, and inside of the political war room, so to speak, to defend each camp. Well, I, I think on the Democratic side, there's a lot of elation. Kamala Harris is uh, spectacularly charismatic. She's exceedingly um, talented. Uh, she was not only the attorney general, but the senator from the largest state in our country. Uh, she proved herself in the Senate as a as a great warrior for the party and the Judiciary Committee and in other aspects. Um, and, you know, I take issue with, with your, your other guests that she has no core positions. I mean, that's all politicians, to some degree, change their tone when they're in different settings. But, I mean, she is a, a, a liberal and a progressive and um, is going to bring that to the ticket and I think is a, is a, is a historic pick for, uh, for many reasons that go unsaid. And I think that in the Democratic war rooms right now, there's a lot of excitement. In the Trump war, room, war rooms, I imagine there's trepidation because she's by, by far the best pick Vice President could have made for the reasons I discussed. And I think she will be a... Uh, more than suitable opponent for Vice President Pence in their debate, but importantly in exciting voters, um, which is what is needed in an election held in the middle of a pandemic, because this is going to be a lot about turnout. Um, and again, given the historic nature of the pick, uh, African-American, Asian woman um, with an incredible life story, I think that's going to bring a lot of energy to the Democrats. And so Trump's folks have to figure out how are they going to get their voters out. Al Mater's on the line. He's a Democratic strategist and partner at Brownstein, Hyatt, Barber, and Shrek. Let me follow up on that. I mean, she also, by the way, has, has some D.C. ties. She's a graduate of Howard University. Um, but to, to, to your point, Al, um, it, it, in terms of the pandemic. I mean, I'm used to covering these things with, you know, confetti, balloons, you know, the for the Dems, they always bring out, you know, 
Katy Perry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of excitement. And here in the pandemic, how's that going to factor into this? Because you got the, the virtual conventions. We're just a couple of days away from them beginning next week. But how is she going to be able to electrify the, the viral campaign, so to speak, the virtual campaign, when she's not able to get out there and do the retail politics, which, quite frankly, she loves to do. Anyone who's covered her, she loves to do those virtual, I'm, I'm sorry, she loves to do those, those, uh, those meet and greets and the handshakes and the selfies, and she can't do it because of the pandemic, Al. I mean, uh, you're, you're on to something there, Kevin, but I will tell you that she has a pretty unique charisma. I was actually surprised that she didn't fair as well in the primaries and caucuses as people thought um and you know it was her first time around so that could be part of it but anyone who's met her who spent any time with her knows that she has a bit of that wow factor uh like i said incredibly charismatic and a presence but also uh a very aspirational uplifting personality and, and someone who, you know, makes you excited to be for. And that's what the Democrats need. And she brings that in spades. And I, I think that'll come through on television, in virtual media and Zoom or whatever other um, mediums of messaging they, they elect to use. It's funny. I'm already getting all these emails about the, quote, events next week at the convention, which, you know, of course, you normally go to in person, but now they're all virtual. So a lot of the groups are trying to put those things together um, for people to participate via their laptops or their computers or their phones, et cetera. But you're right. It's not going to be the same at all. All right. Al Motter is with us. Uh, James Homan, national political correspondent for The Washington Post and author of The Daily 202, something that I read every single day uh, and am hooked on it. What's your lead for tomorrow now that we've got this Veep pick? What's your lead? Well, I guess you can't tell us, but I mean, but seriously, from a political <laughs> policy standpoint. Did. Obviously, you know, here's the big story. You know, one of the things is with the other finalists, you know, I think the final three were Susan Rice, Gretchen Whitmer, and Kamala Harris, right? And I do think Senator Harris has been the front runner for a while. You know, Al's absolutely right. I mean, she didn't really excite people during the primaries. She didn't, you know, other than her announcement in Oakland, like she wasn't able to activate African Americans in South Carolina at all. But um, I do think she does have. She claims when she walks, she has a charisma factor. I also think that they are going to deploy her to do events uh, in a way that, you know, Mike Pence is is going to be in Wisconsin doing live physical events next week. Obviously. There aren't going to be Democrats, you know, doing things in Wisconsin, but I do expect, you know, Senator Hurst is younger. She's in her 50s. Uh, she'll be, you know, doing a lot of um, – she'll be doing more kind of in-person appearances in some of the battleground states than Vice President Biden will. And, um, you know, but because she's a known quantity in some ways, you know, a lot of people didn't pay close attention to the Democratic primaries and – you know, Which is like a foreign concept to people like us, but go ahead. <laughs> totally, for everyone listening to the show, you know, for a lot of Americans, you know, the Senator Harris's speech next Wednesday night at the convention, the virtual convention, is going to be the first they really hear from her. And so it is going to be, you know, obviously a high-pressure speech. Uh, she is the first woman of color to be on a national ticket. And so she's going to have to introduce herself. Uh, you know, one of the things that was interesting during the primaries was that she didn't talk a lot about kind of her, you know, she she talked a lot about kind of the her the black experience and going to Howard. But and, not about um, her, but not about her specific about, story. And that's exactly, exactly. I, I, I totally agree. Her biography, she's definitely, definitely going to uh, discuss. Uh, thank you, James. Thank you so much for joining me for the half hour. James Homan, national political correspondent for The Washington Post and author of The Daily 202. And of course, Al Motter. Much more coming up next. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio. And the big story tonight, presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. She, of course, is the junior senator, Democratic senator from California. Uh, with us now to cover all of the policy, the politics, and yes, even the personalities behind the scenes are two political all-stars. Thrilled to have them for our panel. As folks, we await, we await for uh, President Trump to have a daily coronavirus task force briefing. And I'm going to, if I interrupt my next guests, it's because I'm going to toss to that press conference. So I'm putting them on uh, full, dis, uh, full alert, 
full alert. Uh, joining me, Boyd Matheson. He is the former chief of staff to Senator Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah. He is also the opinion editor at the Deseret News. And Max Burns, a Democratic strategist, a contributor at the Daily Beast, the New York Daily News, and the Independent. All right, Max, since you're a Dem, I got to start with you to get the reaction. And if it was the other team, then I would flip it and do it with uh, with uh, Mr. Matheson, with Boyd Matheson. But, you know. We're just going to call it like we see it. Max, your reaction tonight, give me more than, oh, it's a good pick. Come on, tell me something I don't know, Max. Go beyond the talking points for me. I'm excited for it. I think beyond any kind of political message that is sent by Kamala Harris being picked, uh, it sends a really clear message about the kind of government we can expect from a Biden administration. I mean, Kamala Harris was one of his sharpest critics on the debate stage, and he's really showcasing here his ability to take criticism and, and win over former rivals into political allies through making substantive changes to his policies and his platform. And I think that says a lot, uh, especially to legislators on the Hill. All right, Boyd, come in here. We got the two-minute warning, mind you, from the president, so if I interrupt you. But, okay. <laughs> but your quick take, Boyd, and I'm so thrived. It's always one. I told our producers, I said, where's Boyd and Max been? And then I finally get them, and then we got a two-minute warning. Go ahead, Boyd. No, no worries. No worries. No, I, I think it's a pretty predictable, pretty safe pick uh, in terms of uh, checking the boxes. I, I do agree with Max. You know, they, they had their differences on the debate stage, uh, but really not a lot different from uh, when you had, you know, George H.W. Bush uh, calling out Reagan for voodoo economics. Uh, so it's amazing I love how that parties moment. can come together like that. A great, great moment for sure. And so I think she does play that role. Uh, she is incredibly smart and uh, you know she actually did some work with with senator lee when i was back there uh, around some of the uh, green card and visa issues some of those caps so she she's proven she can go across the aisle when she needs to she can be that fierce prosecutor when she needs to as well that will be the uh, the big test i think for her i think she's going to have to play that role in a big way uh, for Joe Biden as they get into the fall. And uh, we're actually looking forward to having uh, both she and Mike Pence out here to Utah for the vice presidential debate. Well, that's on. what I wanted to follow up on. That's why I'm, I'm so, I, I really wish I had more time with you. But p- put us on that debate stage, not for the base of either party, not for the diehard Trump supporters, not for the diehard Biden supporters, for independent voters who tune in to that debate between Kamala Harris and uh, Vice President Mike Pence, Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence, what will we see? Uh, I think you're going to see a, a big debate about uh, what I like to call the movable middle. There's about 21 percent of the electorate. Sometimes they vote Democrat. Sometimes these are not independents. These are either declared Democrats or Republicans. Uh, and they are interested in things that are going to impact their communities, their families, and their ability to have upward mobility and opportunity. Uh, and so while I think there'll be a little bit of jarring and jostling uh, about their bosses, uh, about the president and about Joe Biden, Uh, I think they will actually showcase what 2024 is going to look like. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.